like nostalgic movie review from Nerdy Married Man. Well, hello, everybody. Hello, welcome back to new nostalgic movie reviews. I'm David. And I'm Steven. Today we are looking at Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. This is a 2023 film, PG, and it's two hours and 20 minutes. The synopsis is Miles Morales catapults across the multiverse where he encounters a team of Spider-People charged with protecting its very existence. When the heroes clash on how to handle a new threat, Miles must redefine what it means to be a hero. Yes. This movie stars Shameik Moore, Haley Seinfeld, Brian Tyree Henry, uh, Luna Lauren uh, Velez, Jake Johnson, Oscar Isaac, and uh, Jason Schwartzman. Uh, I also say Issa Rae as well, and Daniel Kaluuya, and uh, Karan Sony. I think that's his name. There's a lot of other actors in this. I'm not going to go over everyone. Other like important ones, obviously, like Mahershala Ali. Um, he's always really great. There's a lot of other really great actors. There's some SNL actors that make some appearance in here. Even uh, one of the Lonely Island guys, or a couple of the different Lonely Island guys are all in this movie as well. Even Andy Samberg. And so uh, all the people. Yeah, it, it, it's a huge, huge, huge cast. So it's a lot of cast to go over, but that's that's the main ones. This this movie just killed it again. <laughs> I think one of the first things to mention about this movie is just how absolutely beautiful the art styles are within this movie. There's there's so many style within each character and world and like so much coolness. Like mm-hmm. everyone has a fully fleshed out character design and all the main characters are just so compelling, but it's extremely beautiful movie. Well, and this one really tries to make it not just a Miles story, but also makes it a kind of 50-50 split between a Gwen Stacy story and the Miles story. And it's it starts out and ends more with it being about Gwen Stacy, but it's also it's like a kind of a mixture of both of their lives and how both of their lives have been so different. And they're like the only spider people that aren't a Peter. <laughs> yeah, they're really <laughs> It really is interesting kind of watching their stories, how they're both so similar yet so different. Mm-hmm. But I love the amount of detail put into every universe. There's so many really cool like Easter eggs and just detail in the background that works so well with the style of this movie. And it, it makes it really uh, rewatchable so that you can just catch every detail and absorb it. Oh, yeah. This the amount of things in this and the amount of tiny details in this and just even like the homages to other movies and everything that they do getting similar actors. Like I think at this point, uh, JK Simmons playing James Jonah Jameson as almost every version of James Jonah Jameson we've ever seen in any MCU or Sony verse movies that he's pretty much just a nexus being at this point. <laughs> <laughs> like in the Lego universe, they use the audio clips from Spider-Man two uh, with Tobey yep. Maguire and the J.K. Simmons uh, voice James Jonah Jameson for one of the other James Jonah Jamesons in this movie, and I'm like, <laughs> it's just he's he's just a Nexus being at this point. He's always the same, <laughs> which is perfect for him. He's oh, yeah. he's the best AJ. Yes, he is. Um, I will I will warn everyone. I did say that you know the movie is has is very beautiful and fun to look at, but if you are at all like photo light sensitive or anything just be careful because you could become very overwhelmed by the animation very quickly like even i was like wow like there's so much going on 
that you could just start feeling that sense. Just you know? just like in the first one, there's a lot of uh, frame rate manipulation per character and stuff too. Because in the first one, mm. we started out with Miles being uh, filmed at 12 frames per second, while the rest of the film is 24 frames per second. And progressively throughout the movie, he raises up to 24 frames per second. We still have times where he's at 12 and times that he's at 24 in this movie. And then we have character um, Spider-Punk or Obi that actually is framed at six frames per second. And that's why, like, everything he does is all about striking a pose. Everything is so much more... He tries to show Miles that there's uh, other ways to be a Spider-Man in this verse. You don't have to be like every other Spider-Man. And Mm -hmm. he very much shows that in the way that he's animated, the way that he's filmed, the way everything is. It's, It's so cool how much manipulation they do per character with frame rates to show the different styles that they all have. Yeah, and... I guess going into the characters, I just feel like there's so much depth and substance and all the characters have some sort of relatable journey tied to them. Seriously. I mean, I guess like the one character that I was a little sad about because he's not in it as much as I would like would probably be uh, Peter B. Parker. Yeah. On the first one, he he kind of feels a little sidelined, like he's made into a joke instead of like, he does have some great contributions to the film, but he's just not in it as much as I probably would have liked. I feel like they could have done more. Well, and I think a lot of the, the main issues I'm only seeing with this movie, because most everyone agrees that this movie is absolutely brilliant in a lot of different ways. There's some people talking about Spider-Man being too woke in this movie. And there's also talk about um, how they're kind of annoyed that this is almost a setup movie. And I can see some of that, like, especially not knowing this was going to be a part one kind of a movie going into this, which is a little bit spoilery, but not too much. This is a part one. You've probably heard that by now by a lot of different people Um, that did. Like when I got to the end of this movie, I was a little disappointed. I was like, ah, what? No, (laughs) because it just kind of ends uh, abruptly. I know when the first trailer and announcement for this movie came out, it did say um across the spider-verse part one mm-hmm. at the end of the trailer so like they they told people it was going to be two-parter and it definitely feels like a part one but i think the only downside of that is this whole movie is a lot of setup for future payoffs and there's a lack of resolutions in this movie since they're all going to happen in the sequel yes so like the ending both like hurt and excited me oh yeah because of where it ended i'm like like what why is it ending here but also i cannot wait to see more like they did a perfect job with the way they set it up to the point where like i am stupid stoked for the next one like it is ridiculous how stoked i am for the next one but it was like that kind of thing where it's just like oh no 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 i want the answers now (laughs) (laughs) yeah i do know like once both movies come out, it's going to be really hard to watch this movie without just going right into the third one. So for sure. For really sure. excited to see where that happens or like where it goes. Yeah. Uh, I guess, do, what do you rate this movie before we get into our next segments and stuff? Must watch, must buy. I feel like this movie just works so well. And with a lot of movies in recent years dealing with like multiversal travel and stuff like that. I feel like this movie works better than probably most of them Mm -hmm. that are out recently. So I I just think it does it so well and it makes more sense, but all around this movie is worth buying and worth watching. I think this movie, I also agree. This movie is a must buy, must watch. This is this. I'm going to watch this so many times. It's ridiculous. This movie for me, 
makes every other Spider-Man movie amazing. Like it, it, it literally changes the way I look at every Spider-Man movie from now on. And it is crazy that after having Spider-Man No Way Home, we get another Spider-Man movie that topples multiverse so extremely well that also like it just changes everything because everyone changed their ideas on Andrew Garfield after No Way Home. And now I'm thinking of every Spider-Man movie in a whole new light after this movie because of the way they set up canon events. Oh, it's so beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's very beautiful. Uh so yeah, I guess um go on to what we're watching next week. Yeah. Uh so next week we're looking at Steven's pick. It's a uh, Nope, the Jordan Peele film. So check it out. Yes. Also, I wanted to go over like some other things that I watched this week. Um so just kind of give just some random stuff. I did go check out that a uh, new rom-com with Jennifer Lawrence, No Hard Feelings. I uh, went and saw that with my wife. Uh, for our anniversary actually um that movie actually was surprisingly really really funny really good uh i think it's uh subverts your expectations for rom-coms it's a little bit different um than a normal rom-com and it is a little bit more risque material it's a rated r rom-com that don't happen very often and most of the ones that do are deemed a lot better than most of the other ones because they just feel more real. They're a, a lot more real-life dialogue, a lot more real-life situations. It's a really weird, fun movie. Um, the other one I want to talk about is my, my wife recently just watched all of the Chucky franchise again just to get back uh, into it before the show came out uh, on Peacock, which I think the second season just came out. And we watched that first episode, and it's pretty great. Uh, I love that they brought the original voice actor uh, Brad Dorif, I think is his name. Um, something like that. But uh, really, really incredible. Really good pacing. I didn't know how Chucky would do as a TV series, but I previously loved the Scream TV series, so I figured I'd give this one a shot too, and loving it a lot so far. Let us know if you watched any of those or whatever. And yeah, let's go ahead and get back into Spider-Man. Yeah, time for the spoiler territory. So... This movie starts out um, actually in Gwen Stacy's world and opens up with a dialogue of her recapping the last movie slash kind of going over what she's been going through while she is also doing this awesome drum solo. Oh, yeah. And I love that that drum solo comes back later in the movie, too. Yeah, it's it's (laughs) it, it, it starts off slower. And as she's going through this drum solo, it just becomes more complex and more i guess intense Mm -hmm. like you just feel that like pressure rising as she's drumming it's it's really well done oh yeah um a lot of this opening stuff with gwen is really kind of like just really heartening and there's a lot of like crazy stuff that goes on it's it's showing a lot of things with uh her version of Peter and stuff. And it shows him like in a lizard costume, like they're all sitting down for like a Halloween dinner or something. And then later showing that he turns into the lizard in this universe. And Mm -hmm. um, Ned is the bully in this universe to Peter instead of him being his best friend. Um, Like he has been in other previous comic books where Ned was the bully instead of Flash Thompson. Um, And yeah, it does a lot of different things. It shows a lot of different scenarios. And, like, I never thought about Peter becoming the lizard. And, like, that was actually, like, really cool touch for me. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, it was really heartening and watching, you know, how 
this is an event where she lost someone very close to her. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it goes into how now her dad is the chief of police and he is hunting down Spider-Woman trying to figure out who she is and bring her in for justice because he is convinced that she killed Peter Parker. Yeah, because when she did take Peter out um, in the fight, he turned back and or when she took out Lizard, he, he turned back into Peter and she is devastated so much just by even that fact because they were best friends. And then all of a sudden, like her dad also coming after her. And even when he she shows her dad, I, I, I am Spider Woman. He just still wants to arrest her and it, it just breaks her heart. It is so just it's like, oh, my gosh, like that. That whole scene is it's it's so like just one of those things where if, if you've ever had any trouble with like your parents and stuff like that, you really have that moment of just like you feel that like you are on completely different pages and there's nothing that can change that and it's it's not going to work out and she just has that moment and then that's when Spider 2099 uh brings uh, lets her come into their world and become part of the force the spider force that goes around time. Yeah, it's really cool how like yeah, Miguel O'Hara shows up and he shows up with another spider woman. Mhm. Jessica um, Drew yeah that's right and they decide that you know she's at a point where they could use her on the team and try to help all the different multiverses and so they bring her in and then we cut to uh miles morales and his world and seeing what he's been up to and he's swinging around being cool being spider-man and also trying to get to a meeting about with like a school guidance counselor with his parents and he's busy trying to take out a new villain at the same time. Which I love. uh, Yeah. Cause we get the introduction of spot and we get a lot of these things and it's really funny with all of that stuff with spot at the beginning with the ATM machine and him even calling it an ATM machine. And then miles pointing out that you said machine twice that way. Cause M and machine already stands for machine. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And then, like, when he does end up getting to that parent-teacher conference and uh, she starts going over the grades and stuff like that, she's talking about how he has an A in uh, physics and stuff like that, which we found out in the last Spider-Man movie that that is super important for all Peters to know because of the swinging and the making their own fluid and the trajectory and all that other stuff. Um, And then, But then he got a B in Spanish, and his mom, being Puerto Rican, gets noticeably upset and she snaps her finger and when she snaps there's a little tiny puerto rican flag that appears above her finger when she snaps and it's so 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 great it was a tiny detail i missed the first time watching it but when i uh watched a i watched a whole video actually um by new rock stars on youtube and he talks about like all the things you might have missed in the movie and it's insane all the things that he catches and he shows you and it's just like Especially like the amount of bagels in this movie is absolutely crazy. (laughs) So yeah, during the, towards the end of the guidance counselor meeting, he sees that the villain he trapped spot is now untrapped again. And he actually got the, the ATM. So he leaves the meeting and then his dad also gets a call right after miles leaves that he is needed (laughs) for the same situation. Yep, And it's just, really funny how they both converge but don't you know his dad doesn't know it's actually miles helping him out but yep. 
um, he ends up, uh, Miles ends up calling Spot uh, the villain of the week because he just sees him as very insignificant. But Spot keeps telling him, like, no, I am your arch nemesis and you created me. And he keeps saying that. And Miles is just like really confused. Yeah. I don't know what you're talking about. Um, but Spot ends up revealing that he is a scientist that used to work at Alchemex from the first movie. And if you watched the first movie, there's a scene where Peter B. Parker and Miles are running out of Alchemex and Miles throws a bagel backwards yep. and hits a scientist <laughs> in the head. And that scientist is who became Spot. And he became Spot from the end of the last movie when the collider exploded at the end of the movie. He actually mutated and became the Spot villain. Yep. Yeah, and this is uh, really crazy, too, because the spider that was brought in, like you were saying, was brought in by him. It wasn't even supposed to be in this universe. But in this, in that universe that he took it from, in Spider, uh, in the universe 42, that spider was going to bite that Miles. You don't notice it first time watching it, but it actually shows that spider going up to, and you see it from the back of the head, you see that ha- same exact hairstyle that we see in Miles 42, um, in that universe about to get bit by that spider. So uh, Miles was supposed to be bit by that spider, but it wasn't this Miles. And so there's a whole thing with that. Yeah. Well, and they have a, what I really love about this movie, there's a lot of details and plot points that were set up in the first movie Mm -hmm. that you would never think about until watching this movie. Like the number 42 spider, there's spot, the spot villain. And then also after Miles got bit by the spider and he has that first introduction with Peter B. Parker in the first movie and their spider senses go off and they realize they have the same power. Mm-hmm. Uh, Miles' spider sense at first is green and purple. And mm-hmm. as Peter's looking at him, it fades to the red and blue color, yep. giving us a hint of things to come in this movie. The amount of setup and things, because even like uh, in the first movie, like when Miles is on the subway, you that's when we saw the cameo of... Uh, Stan Lee in the background through the subway windows and this one Gwen Stacy's on the subway and she's seeing Miles in that same window mm. <laughs> and so like there's so, so many little tiny touches like that that are just really really awesome and really significant and you didn't really notice until watching both of these and this is going to be one of those trilogies I think that's going to be like a need to watch all together kind of trilogies <laughs> it's it's going to be insane the way they do everything um this yeah it's just crazy all the different things but uh spot even like when he's realizing his dimensional power is going to all the different universes he goes to the lego universe he goes into the movie uh the venom universe or the sony villain universe where venom is and actually talks to the cashier that venom talks to all the time mm-hmm. <laughs> and she doesn't even seem to be phased by it like ugh, more people with powers <laughs> right <laughs> In that Lego world, I wanted to bring up especially because this was a 14-year-old kid who designed this Lego scene. And he animated it. Yeah, it's incredible. The, he actually recreated the trailer for the Spider-Verse movie in Lego. And the creators of this movie found it on YouTube and loved it so much that they actually, pretty late into the making of this movie, added this into the movie because of how much they loved it. And they actually had to get like make sure it was 
okay to get everything and like the kid was actually on spring break during the time they asked him so he actually did it in like a week or a week and a half or something like that <laughs> absolutely <laughs> this the the kid that animated that lego scene is so talented like he's gonna have a great future <laughs> oh, seriously. at least i hope he does he I, deserves I, it. I hope so too and seeing what he did i was like Man, your video editing skills at 14 are insane. And just to be okay. in a movie this big is huge. <laughs> and I love that the creators brought someone like him into this because it's just so cool. Yeah, I hope I hope he gets the future he deserves. Um, I also noticed that uh, I haven't watched everything everywhere all at once yet, but I heard bagels are a big thing of the multiverse with that too. And so a lot of there's a lot of bagels in this. And apparently the creators of this loved everything everywhere all at once. And they kept putting more bagels into it because of that, too. But it also ties in with their villain because he got hit in the head with the bagel. And so there's like there's a ton of bagel references in this. And it's hilarious. And we are going to do an episode with everything everywhere all at once coming up in the next not too long, I don't think. Yeah, and when, once you watch it, you'll understand. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> is absolutely insane. Uh, so, yeah, after this whole villain fight, Spot does disappear. And it turns out, like, Miles tricks him into kicking himself in the back. And he ends up kicking himself into himself. So he goes mm-hmm. into his own spots. And that's how he starts multiversal traveling the first time. Then he gets kicked back out back out and he runs out of spots so now he's like i need to go get more mm-hmm. so he can get more powers so he leaves and then we get this great conversation after that fight between miles and his dad and it's spider-man you know not yeah. Miles. and they're just having this conversation about life and how the dad is struggling to be thinking he's doing everything right as a father but then you know it just gets you know things get turned upside down and he just wishes miles would kind of think before he acts and you know (laughs) spider-man's like well uh maybe you should just let him do his own thing and spread his wings (laughs) (laughs) i i love any of these kind of scenes and this one is so good with it of how like he doesn't know that he's talking to his son and his son doesn't want to give up that he's talking to him but like He's also trying to just be like, well, maybe you're not thinking about it from his perspective kind of thing. <laughs> maybe you just have to let him do his thing and it's going to be different than what you want. And it's such a cool and an interesting scene and a really like good father-son dynamic. So then they, you know, that scene ends and it cuts to later that night how his dad is going to be inducted into the chief of police. So he's having a party on their rooftop of their mm-hmm. apartment and they... The parents expect Miles to be there and he's supposed to pick up the cake. And while they're given a nice heartfelt speech about, you know, his dad and his dad starts talking and Miles isn't there. He's still picking up the cakes and you see that he he ended up having to get two cakes because he has such a big message to give his dad that he couldn't fit it on one. And as he's trying to get home, he keeps getting stopped by Spider-Man related duties. Yeah, He eventually gets home after the speech and right at the end of the speech before miles shows up his dad mentions you know miles i love you and this is for you and i do a lot of this for you i'm proud of you son and of course he's not there to hear it but it's it's a really tough scene it's really touching but watching miles struggling to get there and he's trying to live a double life as all spider-mans have done trying to live between being peter parker and spider-man 
Yeah, and the the scene's like really hard because like the dad just keeps really like Miles, Miles, and everyone at the party is just being quiet, and everyone's just like looking around, and it's one of those like really awkward moments at a party where it's just like everyone's like just waiting on this one person to be there, and Miles didn't even necessarily know his dad was going to make this speech, so it's kind of one of those things where if he was late normally, it wouldn't have been probably that big of a deal, but. Now, because he's trying to give this awesome speech and trying after having this talk with Spider-Man and realizing, like, I really do love him and I wanted to make sure he knows, like, I do most of the things I do for him. He's just not there. And it's it's one of those things where it's like it, they're, they get really disappointed and they're just like, oh, my God, we're just waiting around. And now you show up and the cakes are all messed up and you have no explanation. And yeah, I just like now I'm just frustrated as hell. And it's it's such a hard moment because it's, it's one of those moments where it's just like, so much miscommunication. <laughs> yeah. And uh, so like once Miles does get there, they eventually talk and uh, get into this huge fight. And Miles ends up getting grounded um, for like a couple months or like a month or something. Yeah. And so he ends up leaving and it's kind of a pain in the butt. And he goes into his apartment and then as he's chilling out, then Gwen shows up through a portal to say hi. Yep. And it kind of reminiscent of the way that the first Spider-Verse ended. And yeah, she shows up and kind of just like, oh my God. And like looking around at everything in his room, which there's a lot of little Easter eggs in his room, which are really cool. Like uh, one of the directors of this movie actually did the movie Mitchell's versus the machine. And there's like a little moose uh, wood carving in that movie. And that's like one of the things in this movie that he has on his shelf. <laughs> And I thought that was really cool, kind of like a touch and just a bunch of other ones. But uh, then she sees all of his drawings of her <laughs> that he had made and making all these comments like, wow, <laughs> you drew yeah, all she's these? like, Mr. Art Book and shows a bunch of stuff at first. And then she starts seeing page after page of like her and some of the other characters on the last movie, but mostly her. And she's like flattered, but also like, this is bizarre. <laughs> yeah. And wow, he really has thought of me a lot. And I haven't had the chance to talk to him in a long time. It's been, what, I think it's been like a year and four months or something since the last one. Something like that. But to be fair, like he he put his thoughts down into art mm-hmm. and his drawing. And like we find out that she has most of her time been thinking about Miles as well. But yeah. she does it in a different way, usually through musical expression or just her thoughts, not writing or drawing pictures and mm-hmm. stuff. So, yeah, she kind of goes over with him, like, all the things that have been kind of happening and how she's part of this, like, spider force. And he's talking about how she should bring him along and they should be able to hang out more and blah, blah, blah. And they're swinging around the city and she's, like, trying to, like, test him. And he's, like, copying everything she's doing. And I don't even know if it's necessarily anything that he's done, like, tying the web to his ankle and going completely upside down and stuff like that through uh, buses and doing all these different uh, spider tricks through the air and he's just like following her every move, and it's a, it's a really cool kind of like chase sequence, kind of like guidance sequence, and I, I I really love that shot of all that. It's really cool. Yeah, it's really great. And I think there are times where he doesn't copy her swinging, and mm-hmm. you could see how Miles incorporated his own style into basically what Spider Man is: how he swings, how he acts, oh, yeah. how he presents himself. But we get to a point to where she disappears and she ends up putting a camera on the side of this pole watching an apartment and then reappears with him and has a conversation. And it's just kind of kind of weird how she disappears for a little bit. But um, 
then they have a conversation about their home lives and how they're both kind of struggling. And, you know, Miles is contemplating, should I tell my parents who I am? And she's like, no, it's going to ruin everything. And it's just, it's, yeah, it's tough. (laughs) It's a really tough one because I feel like Miles really does feel like his parents would probably be able to benefit from their knowledge of knowing he's Spider-Man. And he has so many moments where he almost tells them. And then just hearing from another Spider-Man, like how horrible their relationship is with their father now based off of her telling him, which she doesn't tell him the entire situation either Yeah. right then. So it's, it's, it's so different, but it it really just like makes Miles think like, Oh, maybe I, maybe I shouldn't, (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) Like this is bad. Yeah. And then after their conversation, they end up swinging back over to uh, his dad's party that they were at and changing into, you know, casual clothes and hanging out there. And she meets his parents and it's it's kind of awkward. She calls them by their first names and they're like, well, that's pretty rude. You're going to do that. OK. Yeah. Which I think the only other person who does that is Genki. But it's only because Genki knows has <laughs> known Niles like his entire life. <laughs> Which I love that Genki actually has more lines and stuff in this movie. It's still a really small character, but I love that he's in it. At least having a line, he didn't speak once in the last movie. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but yeah, we get this like kind of thing, and everyone his uh, mom's thinking it might be a new girlfriend, and that's why he's been so weird lately, and just kind of has a one-on-one heart-to-heart talk after that, and it's like go after her just just go <laughs> like I, I know that's what you want <laughs> I, I i know you're grounded right now but you you feel like i feel like you need this and this is one of the best parenting moments i have seen like as far as like miles and his mom like all of this scene with miles and his mom and the way she talks to him and the way she like sees what he wants and his intentions and it's just like go go to her i know you need to go to her <laughs> i love it He's being understanding and then says, but when you get back, you're still grounded. Exactly. <laughs> um, so Miles leaves and this is where the movie really kicks off. Yes. He, he kind of trails Gwen and goes into his invisible mode and she goes back to that apartment. She left a camera at to surveil earlier and it's now like destroyed with all these perfect circular holes in it. And she ends up having this replay of what happened. and it shows that the spot was able to, you know, make a smaller collider again and add mm-hmm. power to his own spots. And he ended up getting sucked into another universe. And now he is fully able to travel the multiverse without any other help. He can just do it. And in every universe he goes to, he is gathering more and more power from colliders. Yeah, which is just the scale of the amount of damage that he could cause is just ridiculous. Yeah. So, <laughs> so Gwen leaves through her portal to the current world that the spot has been sighted in, and Miles, standing right behind her, decides to follow her through the portal, but she doesn't mm-hmm. know he's there. And they end up in this awesome, like, world based around where uh, Spider Man is actually in India. And it's this really yes. cool art style. Which I love that. Uh... He is played by the same guy who plays Bender in the Deadpool movie. Oh, yeah. D- yeah. Uh, Dope Bender. Yeah. Yeah. So that's the Spider-Man of this world. His name is uh, 
instead of Peter Parker, it's Paviter Pavaharker. Yeah, <laughs> it's I, awesome. I totally messed it up, so my bad. But it's, it's really it, funny how they change things up. And the oh man, the style of this Spider-Man and the way he uses like his like wristbands as like yo-yo things with his webbing—it's so cool. It is so unique. And the way they did this India, where like New York goes, you're always looking up, and it's always about going up. But like in this place, it's all about going down. And when you see it, and like you know, they're falling down, there's just layers and layers and layers and layers of this Indian town, and it's so—it's India mixed with Manhattan. It's Mumbatan, I think it is. I think so. I don't—I don't remember, but it's the the style of this place is really awesome, and <laughs> you know, Paviter talks about his home life there and how traffic is everywhere, and the, you know, just it's just so chaotic and busy there that he is always you know, having to do stuff as Spider-Man, but oh, yeah. he also makes it seem like it's easy. He's like, yeah, I barely work out. I have perfect hair. And <laughs> I get to enjoy myself, have my girlfriend and, you know, her dad's the chief of police and it's just this whole thing. <laughs> well, and it's, it's really cool because uh, one of the things that I really, really loved about this is um, obviously the guy who plays him is of Indian descent and the creators really wanted him to um, like, they talked to him a lot about this character and the role and like his lines and stuff. And they're like, we really want to make sure like it, it's uh, being very appropriate with its line delivery, its jokes and jokes that are going to hit the people of India and might not hit everybody. And that's when he, he comes up with a lot of different lines in this movie that they totally loved. Like the chai tea line was a line that he was like, this is an argument we have in India all the time with Americans. It's, it's, why do you call it chai tea? That's like, it's chai means tea. So you're calling it tea tea. And they make so many different jokes with that in this. And it's so cool that uh, they actually like really wanted to make sure that they were making jokes that actually make sense to Indian people. It's it's really creative, and so as Miles gets there, he he meets this Spider Man, and he's following Gwen. They are also chasing the spot, and they end up at the Alchemex of that world. And uh, the spot locks himself behind a barrier so he can absorb the collider energy. And this is when we also meet Hobie. He shows up to help break the the barrier, and he's a uh, Spider Punk. Mm-hmm. from a different spider world and it's really his art style i think is one of my favorites because it looks oh, yeah. like it's like a lot of different newspaper clippings and stuff just kind of like you said animated at six frames per second oh yeah it's really cool but before obi does pop in we get um miles really first trying to use his bioelectricity powers we haven't seen it very much in the movies or anything yet um if you've played the games you know his bioelectricity is a huge part especially of the miles morales um uh, Sony game. I, I thought that it was cool that he was trying to shut down the shield at first, but then Obi comes in and just bashes the shield instantly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Obi breaks through it like a guitar riff and a kick, and yeah. he ends up uh, like I know we saw the the electricity powers barely in the first movie, just a couple mm-hmm. times. Uh, but in this movie, they become more prominent, and he's been working and practicing with it. And uh, Obi ends up. Uh, giving him a little piece of advice you know he sees peter only using his fingers to produce the energy he says not nah, dude use the whole palm use the whole hand mm-hmm. and get that surface area you know yep which is a really cool thing and it's a lot of things and a lot of different even martial arts and stuff like that you don't want to use the weakest points you want to use the flattest most prominent points the things that are going to have to hit the hardest and have the most behind it 
and you having your entire arm behind something using your palm is a lot different than just having the fingertips with only your hand being behind it. Mm -hmm. So the spot ends up absorbing the collider and he, he escapes and he changed his colors flip-flop. He was white with black spots. Then his Mm -hmm. whole body changes animation a little bit and he becomes a whole all black colored with white spots all over his body and he just tells miles see you soon i'm gonna take away your life like you took mine away and he disappears in theory back to miles's world yeah and so the other spider-man or spider people look at miles and everything starts crashing down and they all jump out to try to save everyone before stuff you know the whole place falls apart and kills yeah. everyone. And this is where we get into the spider, I don't even, like the spider hub world. Well, right before the hub world, they're saving everyone and they notice that on this bridge that's about to be destroyed, they save everyone except... Oh, yes, yes, yes. The India Peters, or Peters' girlfriend and her dad are on the bridge. And so he goes to save her and the dad and he's saving her and he's like i can save both and miles ends up intervening but gwen tries to stop him yeah and miles ends up saving uh the girlfriend's dad the chief of police and it seemed really out of character for her to try to stop him from saving someone you're really confused by it at first because we don't know anything at this point yeah it's like wait what's happening and after that happens and everyone is saved and they're grateful then a lot of the other spider people from the spider hub area that's in mm-hmm. Miguel O'Hara's world show up and something starts happening in this uh, India world where it looks like it's going to start collapsing on itself. So a lot of spider people have these devices to try to stop that. And I think they get it under control and we don't yeah. know if the world ever gets destroyed or not, but the rest of them end up going back to this uh, headquarters for the spider people, which is in Miguel O'Hara's world. Yeah. And in this world, we, uh, I can't remember if it was 240 or 280, but there is between 240 and 280 different Spider-Man variants throughout this entire movie, but we see a majority of them in this hub world and we're seeing them walking through. And I remember there's a point where they are talking about the spot villain and like a bunch of the spider-man all say different spider quips about the spot villain like (laughs) x marks the villain (laughs) or (laughs) i couldn't spot him anywhere (laughs) just a bunch of just peter like quips you know those really cheesy one-liners that peter's very known for and then they're going through uh walking and everything and we see Peter B. Parker again with his new daughter. <laughs> uh, Mayday Parker. Yep, which in the comics and everything becomes Spider-Girl, not Spider-Woman. Um, Mayday Parker does. Yeah, and yeah. So it's at this point where um, Miles finally meets Miguel mm-hmm. and he explains to Miles about why he's angry with him and why he shouldn't be here in the first place. And that's because by saving the chief of police in that world, he stopped a canonical event from the, you know, something that was supposed to happen in that world. They call it a canon event in this movie. And by stopping a canon event, it can set off a chain reaction that actually destroys that universe. Yeah. So it's, it's kind of talking about the things that we heard about in Loki TV series with uh, like ripples in the universe that 
aren't supposed to be there doing whatever they're doing can create these nexus events that can destroy that universe that that's why they had the whole uh what was the tma or whatever it was i can't remember what that group of was called that went and like TBA. tba yeah and so the spider people are almost doing that exact same job just trying to keep the universe stable but yeah bringing up this canon event saying that like every spider-man ends up dating like the police of chief's daughter pretty much and every chief of police ends up dying and that's a canon event and uh, uncle ben or an uncle figure dying is a canon event because you have uncle aaron dying for miles and you have uncle ben for peter um and then we have another like there's and going back through all the spider-man movies and this is why i said all spider-man movies change after this because then you realize how many canon events there actually are like the canon event of the spider-man holding two things together like of immense weight to save an entire group of people we got spider-man doing that with the train we got spider-man and uh spider-man homecoming doing that with the the ship we have the spider-man uh lifting part of a building up (laughs) as a kinetic event like it shows all these variants uh, and actual scenes from the comic books and then also reinventions of scenes from comic books with other spider people like Jessica Drew. And then we also see scenes from other Spider-Man movies, Andrew and Toby's movies. And we also see scenes from like the spectacular Spider-Man animated TV series. And it's just really creative showing all how all these things are canon events and that there are things that are supposed to happen. To yeah. every Spider-Man, and it's part of like what makes him Spider-Man. Yeah, it's part of the things that drive him as a character, and there's just certain things that he can't undo or stop. And Miles feeling like it's different because he's not a Peter, and they're also like kind of like, well, you're not even supposed to be a Spider-Man. It's not even the spider from that universe wasn't supposed to bite you. You got bit by a spider a spider from a different universe, so you're not even supposed to have powers, so I don't even know what to think about you or how you fit into all this or if you're going to be the cause of any of these problems. Miguel mentions that, you know, since that spider bit you, the world that spider came from doesn't have a Spider-Man. It's probably descended into madness. Yeah. And he also explains what the whole headquarters, the spider team that he's created is doing is they're going into worlds and whenever character from a different world ends up in a different world they go back to bring them back to their original worlds to put everything back into balance Mm -hmm. yeah it's it's very unique and i really love the way they do this and i i I just loved it i honestly think that just made so much more sense than like a lot of the nexus points and nexus beings and nexus this and that i i love this yeah it's it's like I mentioned earlier, as far as like the multiverse, like the way they talk about it, it, it makes all these details work and make more sense. Yeah. Uh, so at this point, you know, Miguel decides, you know, Miles, you need to be detained because now the next canon event is your world and your dad, the chief of police, is supposed to die. And Miles is like, so wait, you're saying it's supposed to happen, so I shouldn't even try saving him? Yeah. And they try to basically hold him there. And that's where, like, from the commercial for this movie, you see a whole chase sequence happen where every spider person is chasing after Miles to try to capture him while he's trying to escape so he can go save his dad. Oh, yeah. Then this scene is really, really cool. 
Um, I love everything they do in this and seeing all the different Spider-Men there, but just seeing how chaotic this chase is and how different even Miguel is from all out of the other Spider-Men because uh, he's a spider from the future, but he's almost got more vampiric powers and then abilities and stuff like he can have rescinding claws and stuff that don't even penetrate his suit because that Peter helped him create a suit that could handle his claws and stuff like that. But it's, he's just so ferocious in the way he approaches everything. And he wants to make sure like the universe doesn't implode. So he's got like all these good intentions, but he almost seems like such a bad guy. And, Mm. and you're like, but yeah, what would happen if miles changed something or would it matter? Because he's not even supposed to be Peter Parker in the first place. So does he need to go through the same candidate events if he's not that if he's not the same as the other Spider-Man. Well, and yeah, Miles brings up all these arguments and even gets Peter B. Parker and Gwen Stacy thinking like, yeah, I just, I have a feeling in my gut or in my heart about Miles that he can, he can make a difference and, you know, mm-hmm. be a Spider-Man that is different. Well, even Gwen and Miles talking about like, possibly liking each other and stuff like that. And Gwen even saying like, well, every, uh, Peter that has been with Gwen Stacy didn't end up well talking about how Gwen Stacy's died in every single iteration of Peter Parker. Um, but again, he's I, yeah. Well, yeah. Cause Peter hers died. was flip flopped when Peter died, but like even still that, like that's still one of those two dying. Yep. But with miles being a Spider-Man, what does that mean? Does that mean Spider-Man and Gwen Stacy can't be together or Gwen Stacy will die or or she's like well maybe because he's miles and not peter it's a different situation and it might be safe to actually have a relationship to that point like if he was dating her would her dad have to be the one that dies or would it still be his dad that dies because his dad is the police chief and not the person he's dating his dad being the police chief that's something to think about (laughs) so there's there's a lot of like questions up in the air and i love how they actually like bring up a lot of these questions in the movie and really make you think about it. Like, well, I don't know what's right and I don't know who to believe. And I don't like, I want to root for miles in this. Cause he seems like, yeah, like why not let me try? Like why? <laughs> yeah. So during this whole sequence, I mean, of course we get a lot of great uh, kind of Easter eggs and really cool spider-man to look at like we get a spider cat and we get a spider car named peter parked car yep we get Uh, spider rex which is a t-rex and yep uh we also get uh a funko pop peter and a plushy peter that show up in just like tiny little frames of the movie they're really hard to see um we also get (laughs) yeah we get uh what spider-man like mark one through six all those different suits we get all the different like steampunk spider-man and all that other stuff. It's really cool. There's also a great Western Spider-Man that's pretty awesome. And he he rides a horse that also wears a spider mask. So it's Spider-Horse and Spider-Man. I love that one. Oh, also, we get to see a bombastic Spider-Man, uh, Bagman, bombastic Batman. Yeah. So it's, it's really awesome. But they ended up uh, at the towards the end of the chase. They're on this uh, like bullet train, basically. Yeah. That is it makes trips between the earth and the moon since it's the year 2099. Yeah. And, uh, Miguel ends up trapping Peter and, you know, saying like, this is not supposed to happen. You're not even supposed to exist. And miles just says, no, I'm Spider-Man and I'm going to do my own thing and ends up using his electric powers to get away. And he dives back to the base 
and escapes through this. It's through a machine that they send all of the like anomaly characters from other worlds back to their world. Yeah. And it's, it checks your DNA. So it checks Miles' DNA and then sends him back to a world and they just miss him. Yep, and he ends up getting teleported not to his world, but to the world that the spider was originally from, World 42. And this is where um, we see him like get knocked. I think he gets knocked out pretty much right away, correct? Like he's swinging around a bit, and then he gets knocked out by uh, Aaron, his uncle. Um, he actually gets to have a conversation with his mom of that world first. Oh, yeah, and he actually right. has a he has a conversation with Uncle Aaron there because he realizes that in this world, Uncle uh, Uncle Aaron lived mm-hmm. and his dad died in that world. Yeah. So then he gets knocked out, and we cut to a few of the other Spider People in Miles's world because they think that's where he went, trying to look for Miles. And then we get this amazing scene where it cuts to Gwen Stacy having a conversation with her dad in her world. Mm-hmm. Because she gets kicked out of the Spider Clan. Yeah, because she was in. The, she kind of ended up helping Miles a little bit, and so he's like, "This is all your fault." Miguel really takes it out on her, and it's like, "I don't care what happened in your world anymore. Like, you have to go back. I'm done with you. Like, I'm not dealing with you anymore. You're gonna always try to help Miles, and I don't want that to happen." And yeah, that that moment that they have, it's a, it's a really cool moment too because throughout the beginning of the movie, like a lot of the scenes with her, like in her room, everything is blue tinted. And then like when he would poke his head in, everything was like really warm and pink colors. And when they finally have that loving hug and embrace where they actually like kind of like give in to accepting each other in, a, in their lives again, the entire room starts to warm up. Well, and the whole room like turns white all yeah. color disappears and one thing i love about this scene or a couple things actually like this conversation between them is just so heartwarming yeah and she has this fight and the colors throughout the scene of the world are darkening and just changing all around and she ends up realizing that her dad is about to leave and she's like what you're gonna go do what you do be a policeman he says no i quit just now he's like Mm -hmm. i'm not chief anymore because i just can't go after you and yeah she gets this look on her face and i know i thought in the theater i'm like oh well if he's not chief police anymore then he's not gonna die exactly Um, that's exactly what i thought (laughs) but yeah so they embrace and all the color fades and goes to white and um i really like the style of her world because i saw this interview about the color changing between the director and uh, Haley Steinfeld. And the director said that the Gwen's world, the art is supposed to be imitating and acting like a mood ring. So it changes colors with Gwen's mood. And it's really creative. I liked it, but it was a great end of the scene. And uh, Gwen's dad ends up handing her a box and saying, Hey, some weird guy showed up to give this to you. And it's this, art paper styled box that is from Hobie's world, spider punk. And Mm -hmm. he made her a watch because hers got taken away. So she got to, I think he gave her his watch. No, she, she, uh, he made the watch. If you see earlier in the movie, when he's talking to miles, he's like grabbing parts nonchalantly. Oh, okay. I I don't think I got that. I think at first the watch was supposed to be made for miles, but Hobie ended up, 
Uh, leaving it with Gwen's dad thinking when you need this here it is yeah okay okay that makes a lot of sense I like that um, yeah, but yeah go it's ahead. awesome that that whole thing is incredible just like David said and seriously the attention to color and the way they use everything in this movie whether it's sound whether it's color whether it's the way they shot the movie whether it's the frame rate everything is so intentional in this movie it's insane and then uh, like we said we are uh, we go back to uh, Miles waking up and he sees Uncle Aaron there and Uncle Aaron, um, he's like, oh, my God, like, are you the Prowler or whatever in this universe, too? Because he's kind of got the glove on his hand and stuff. And then we get the reveal that actually Miles, that universe not becoming Spider-Man, actually ends up becoming the Prowler. Yeah. And uh, it's this great scene where you see, you know, the Miles we know is chained up to a punching bag. And we have the Miles of that world in the Prowler uniform, and he has a completely different hairstyle. And it just shows them looking at each other and just getting ready to start something. And then we cut to Gwen getting building her own team of spider people that want to help Miles and bringing back a lot of the people from the first movie, um, like Noir and Spider-Ham. Yep. And the movie cuts and with Parker. her and... Yeah, and Penny Parker. It ends with all of them walking into a portal to go save Miles. Which, it's so, so cool. And I love that even uh, uh, Peter, uh, or Ben P. Parker, or whatever, um, he has Mayday with him still. <laughs> He's like, don't tell yeah. your mom, or whatever. <laughs> yeah, Peter B. Parker. And Peter B. Parker she has yeah. this cute little uh, knitted Spider-Man mask beanie that it's she pulls so over her eyes. It's adorable. So cute. <laughs> But yeah, this this movie is so incredible. But you uh, at the first time watching the end of this movie, I was just like ending it there. But there's so much unresolved. Why? But like I, I, at the same point, like I said, I'm so super hyped for the and this movie still is incredible. Don't get me wrong. I don't like I don't necessarily like the ending now just because I have to wait so long to watch the next one. But like I know when it comes out, it's going to fit together so perfectly and i didn't even think the first one was going to mesh in so much with the second one and so i'm really interested to see like what they do with this trilogy like this is insane what they've Mm -hmm. done with this already and they've they keep setting records with these movies they have the most successful animated movies ever and this is the longest animated movie the longest american made animated movie ever now yeah i mean it's such it's such a great movie and i'm with you like the ending leaves you wanting more, but I understand it. Um, but I think the things I loved the most are like the balance between dramatic moments and humor were really mm-hmm. well done, well paced and placed and all together. They fit well. And then I also just love the sense of on excitement that this movie gave me and hopefully gives others just watching the whole movie, like the whole time. Yeah, I, I couldn't take my eyes off the screen. It was so enthralling. Yeah, no, it's it's really, really incredible. And I know I, I saw a lot of TikTok movies when this movie came out. Uh, most people were absolutely loving it and enthralled with it. But there was a lot of people that were also trying to say this movie was like too woke and stuff like that. And I'm really just getting tired of hearing that phrase and that word because having other Spider-Man of other descents is not too woke. If you know Spider-Man and you know the comics at all, there's always been a variety of Spider-Man and the amount of Spider-Man keep getting more and more released every year. So it's not like they're just trying to 
appease every person and trying to just make sure there's diversity in it. These are actual characters in this universe that have already been in existence. And like, I know like one of the things that got brought up a lot was Gwen Stacy in her bedroom above her bedroom door had a, a sign that said protect trans kids. And a lot of transphobic people were really hating on that. And it's like, why of all this insignificant small details in a movie to throw out there and decide that you want to hate an entire movie for like that makes there's nothing in the movie said about it. There's nothing in the movie that like really like try drawing a ton of attention or forcing it down your throats or anything like that. It's just a, something that we know as a person, Gwen Stacy would fully hard to believe and any Spider-Man would fully hard to believe to protect anybody who needs protection and that community needs protection. And the amount of hate that, that community gets is just absolutely ridiculous. And I'm just tired of hearing it. Like, it's just so frustrating that the tiniest sign in a person's bedroom can make people hate this movie. It's it's so dumb. Sorry for spending so long on that. But I, I just it's something that's frustrated me for a while. And I just wanted to mention that just get over yourself. If you don't like that, then don't like it. You don't need to tell everybody about it. I'm not forcing you to accept everybody in your life. I'm not. <laughs> I'm just saying we all are human. We all have to live together. Let's try to make it as nice as we can. Yeah, just love each other. I love <laughs> this movie. Yes. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, that's Spider-Man. Uh, also, Spider-Verse. Definitely check it out. I think it is... Oh. An amazing movie. Probably one of the best movies this year. Definitely one of the best movies this year. Definitely one of the best animated movies ever. Again, Spider-Man just never fails. <laughs> like, of all the superhero movies that have got this many films made about their character, most of the Spider-Man movies are pretty fantastic. I can't say the same for even, like, having four Thor movies. Two of them suck. <laughs> having three Iron Man movies. One of them's pretty meh. <laughs> like, you can't really say that for a lot of the Spider-Man movies, and it's kind of funny. But uh, uh, moving on with this, uh, like we brought up a few weeks ago, we wanted to go uh, things that pair well with this. So any, like, double feature ideas that we might have. Um, David, did you have any pairs well with movies for this? The first one. <laughs> that's a fair, I, I, fair. I think, you don't watch the first one with this movie uh yeah okay <laughs> all right uh for me uh one of the ones that i really thought of a lot and it's it's kind of uh tongue-in-cheek a little bit but like um one of the directors of this movie um also worked on and directed the movie mitchell's versus the machine uh this is a movie that came out in 2019 uh, it was very much under the radar. I think it was released on Netflix and um, a lot of people who watched it absolutely loved it. It's a really beloved and really amazing animated movie. Like this was one of my favorite animated movies of all time, Mitchell's versus machine and watching these movies. Like they both use their art style so perfectly with it being an animated medium that I haven't seen any other director be able to do. Um, the way they use color and the way they use songs and sound and everything in this movie matches the kind of vibes that you get from the Spider-Verse movies. It's definitely not as uh, crazy of a spectacle as the Spider-Verse movies that are and a lot less like light sensitivity stuff. And it's a lot more grounded for uh, children and families. 
but it has a lot of that same family messages and a lot of because uh, even in that one, the main character, it doesn't tell you till the end of the movie, but she is a lesbian and she is moving on to go to college to go to a film school and her family takes this road trip to go to her school, but her dad doesn't really understand why she likes being behind the camera so much. And they have a lot of miscommunication and a lot of uh, family drama with that. And so there's a lot of even the same beats of families not understanding each other that I really think that Mitchell's in the Machine encapsulates very well. So sorry to go on a little bit long there, but I, I think that would be a really perfect pairing for this movie. Yeah, so that's... Uh... Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. Uh, next week again, reminder, we are looking at Nope. Yes. Can't wait. Jordan Peele does it again. <laughs> All right. See you guys later then. Bye.